You're listening to episode 158 of the Voice in Canada podcast. Hey there, I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, one part physician, one part voice enthusiast, one big part Canadian, and one small part of our community, Northern Voice. Together, let's explore how voice technology is transforming our lives north of the border. And let's talk voice. Hey, hey, welcome to this week's podcast. So glad to have you along for, for this episode. Uh, this episode is an interview with one of the true OGs when it comes to voice technology, Heidi Culbertson. Just before we get to that, though, I do want to remind you that we now have really exciting a club on Clubhouse, an official club, and it's under the Voice Den brand. So if you go to Clubhouse and you search in the top left corner under the magnifying glass and search for the Voice Den, you'll find it. I encourage you to join us and uh, become a member of the club, and then you will be notified whenever we have some exciting events coming on, and we have a lot. So I encourage you to check that out. We're doing some really interesting things. I'm partnering with my friend Ian Utili, who, by the way, is a co-host in this episode with Heidi Culbertson, and we're doing some very interesting things at the intersection of voice technology and NFTs, uh, which is all the rage right now. So uh, with that said, we, uh, we look forward to seeing you over on Clubhouse, but let's get to the topic of today, and that is my friend Heidi Culbertson. She truly is an incredible woman. Uh, she has been in the voice space now for quite a long time in, uh, in terms of the, the, the length of time that the voice technology has been around. Um, she created a, an incredible platform, Marvi, uh, which was all about helping uh, people to age in place with the support of uh, various types of voice tech applications. And she comes on today to discuss uh, her background and uh, a little bit about her passion in, in voice tech. And I think you'll be very interested to hear her take on a number of these issues. Again, this is a recording of a live stream that was done for the Voice Fluencer show. Uh, Heidi has appeared on the Voice Den as a Voice Fluencer. And again, this interview is uh, with my friend Ian Utili as the uh, co-host. So uh, I hope you will enjoy this. I think you'll get a lot out of it. And without any further ado, I'd love to welcome Heidi onto uh, the podcast. Here we go. Hello and welcome. So good to see you, Heidi. Two of my favorite people. Wow. All right. The show is done. Thank you for tuning in to the Voice Lancer show. We'll see you again. Next. Okay. Heidi, it's great to see you. Ian, great to have you back as well. How's it going? I'm still glad to be here. This is, makes my heart smile. Awesome. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I'm, I'm psyched for this conversation because Heidi's got some interesting news to share and I'm really excited to, to share it with the world. So Heidi, first of all, um, we need to get you to introduce yourself to those people that are watching and don't know who you are. So could you please take a moment and tell us who you are? Sure. Happy to. Always happy to. Um, I do a lot of different things, but in the voice world, I am the founder and CEO of Marvy. Uh, it's a voice strategy conversation design studio, and we create experiences and help others create experiences that are specific to the over 50 cohort, uh, really focused on active aging, um, and uh, been doing it since 2015. 2015. That is... <laughs> It's a long time when it comes to voice skills and actions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you've got this, you, I mean, you're very well known in the community because of all this uh, work that you've put in and all the experience that you have and all the tremendous, um, 
like what's the right word that I'm looking for? All the all the knowledge that you share with the community, it's 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 wonderful. Um, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about your company, Marvi, and what you do and your experiences with the voice technology and the different things that you developed. And then we're going to get into something else that I know you're working on. <laughs> sure. Um, well, I, I've spent, gosh, the last several decades in emerging tech. I've always been on the front end the bleeding edge of everything that's new in technology, whether it was wireless, mobile apps, uh, internet of things, I'm drawn towards that because I'm drawn towards capability and potential and what's possible. Um, so I entered the voice world um, for personal reasons. I would have gotten there anyway because that's where I gravitate, but I, I entered it because of uh, an elder parent. Uh, who had lost her sight, but was incredibly healthy. Um, and the Amazon Echo came out. Um, we gave it to her the first week it came out in November of 2014. Took to it immediately, began asking, can it do this? Can it do this? Which, of course, it couldn't at that time. Um, and realized that, you know, it could replace some things that we had lost. Um, and, and I'll give you a quick example. Um, as my mother lost her sight, we had a system because she was still living on her own. She lived in Florida. My brothers and sisters are from a large family all over the country. We had a system where she used to send an email that just said, I'm okay. Every morning, just so we wouldn't worry. It wasn't for her necessarily. Um, and as she lost her sight, we had, we, you know, installed dragon dictation so she could dictate. And then that became, you know, a vacuum because uh, she couldn't see it. Uh, she couldn't even see the button to press the app. So we, you know, had as a family figured out some other things. So when the Echo came out, the very first thing that I built was a simple skill, actually very robust on the back end uh, with how we personalize it, was to send an I'm okay message, to just ask Marvy to send I'm okay. And it was delivered via email or text to the family members. Um, and we personalized it because it's mom to some people, it's grandma to others. It's, you know, we, we personalized the messaging. So our backend was pretty complex and the capability of creating technically a skill in 2015 <laughs> um, was a challenge. There were no, I think, you know, I think we were allowed um, too intense or we had to create our own slot list. There was nothing pre-built. Um, yeah. But it had a huge impact. Um, so that was how I started Marvy. Um, I then did a lot of research on um, the older adult population. Um, that's not my background. <laughs> and my perspective of aging was having this really fit parent who was still playing tennis in her 80s. Um, so uh, yeah, one of the first 2000 uh, Alexa skills um, we had a request immediately um, from probably 90% of our subscribers um, wanted to message back, mm. which wasn't possible then. So that told me, okay, that's our next feature. So I built a mobile app because I come from the mobile industry mm -hmm. um, where family members could leave it, you know, speak into Siri or whichever, or tap it out and send a message and we delivered it back to the Echo. The challenge back then was it could only be 500 characters back then. Yeah. Um, so no truncating, it was like, okay, it's gotta be short. 
So um, it was fascinating and it would, the impact was amazing. And Marvy became about, as you get older, simple things become difficult. Voice brings back simple. Um, so um, from a um, social good perspective, that's what happened. And then I'm always very business oriented. Um, so once I realized the market opportunity, then it became, okay, I'm going to build a business out of this. Amazing. Amazing. You've done so much already in this like <laughs> early voice. I always say voice is still in its infancy. Maybe voice, maybe voice is a toddler. At this it point. is, um, you know, five years, five <laughs> years in, but already you've done so much. Ian, love to bring you in here. Thoughts, questions, hearing Heidi speak about her, her experiences so far. Well, Heidi, I have incredible honor for you and I'm glad that we're friends. I think that you bring so much to this community space besides just the practical, right? Uh, the things that you teach or the business that you've built, but your presence and your light and the way that you act. And so I'm very thankful that I could be here with the two of you. Uh, one thing that's interesting for those that are watching live, and if you are, thank you for your attention to watch the archive. Again, we appreciate you tuning in for a moment. But at the 2019 Alexa conference in Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, Heidi, you were the first of about 50 live streamed interviews I did. And Terry, you were the very oh, last. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very first and very last interview. And uh, so a question for you uh, on that subject is, I, I believe, Heidi, that if you asked anybody in our industry, if you could be on their podcast, their answer would be yes. Maybe their answer would be, how soon can you join me? And so I believe that you have what I would consider to be a all around open door policy, right? If you've noticed uh, Matthew McConaughey, he's been on like every single podcast that's important and big right now to push his new book. I think you have the same platform. So if you were to write a book, I think you could basically get on any podcast and get to access to any audience. So my question to you is a question that might help those that would want to interview you in the near future. And that would be what type of things would you most want to talk about in the format like we have right now? Like what are the type of questions that you would wanna answer? What are the type of topics that you'd like to discuss? Wow, that's a really big question. Um, how long do we have? <laughs> um, I know, nobody entertains me like I entertain myself. Um, so a couple things. Um, you know, I created Marby to, for a very specific purpose. Um, and as we all talk about what voice will become and how, how machine learning and AI and how it's all going, I've stopped talking with my hands, um, how it's all going to evolve. I believe that there are needs to that can be met now. Um, as I learned about the aging economy, so to speak, as I learned about um, designing for an audience that most people aren't interested in. I mean, bias exists. Um, I would, I would, I always love sharing why the opportunity is there for everyone from a business perspective, why it's important from a social perspective, but also that it's not about creating experiences that are specific to this age group which includes 50 years worth of people, 50 to 100. Um, but, the, but it's just paying attention to 
design nuances um, so that a lot of the voice experiences that are out there for everyone, if some little tweaks would be done, they would gather this huge audience that, that can now participate. So it's about accessibility. It's about realizing not everyone has white hair and a walker and is in deteriorating health. Mm. <laughs> um, and that from a, and to, and to approach it from a strategic standpoint, um, it's a huge market opportunity. $7.6 billion is spent by the over 50 population annually. And it's only a slice of that is healthcare. Um, mm. So I would, you know, I'd like to talk about the business side of it in addition to the, the social need. Um, and it's why I'm, I've been working on something. So um, that encompasses all of it. <laughs> what a what a! I don't perfect... know if that answered your question well enough, Ian. But that was a big question, and I could talk forever about almost anything, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ian, I think I think your question was um, very uh, appropriately timed here because Heidi, do you want to share something with us that you've been working on a little bit? Yeah, I'm actually writing a book, um, and it's going to launch over the next couple weeks. I'm almost, it's in final draft. It's being uh, redlined <laughs> as we speak. Um, the idea came to me probably two years ago that in addition to building a company, Marvy, that, you know, is all about the voice experience, I realized that there was a need to evangelize um, to the voice community, um, what the opportunity is, some of the nuances, some of the technical and design nuances. So originally I was going to write an ebook on just conversational design tips, you know, tutorials on how do you design different for a 90 year old versus a 60 year old? How do you look at stage of life versus chronological age? But I've spent my entire life working career and building products, early emerging tech, early adoption, startups, designing MB, MVP products, etc. So I decided to combine that background with what um, I think is important from a design perspective, because it's all about context and content. And so it's going to be a book that is going to um, walk through some of the things I did with Marvy early on, how, how I decided to build which feature, how I tested it, how I gathered actual user experience feedback, how that told me what the next feature should be. Um, it's going to be that journey because I've documented all of it because I document uh, everything I do. <laughs> um, so I'm, it's, called, it's called Voice Brings Back Simple. And uh, that's the title. And it's really about a, a journey, a, a, an entrepreneur's journey into conversational design for a very, for a specific reason. And it's transferable to any audience. So that's amazing. And I'm curious. Um, so you said it's transferable to any audience. Is it, if you had a, a particular market though that you were initially targeting with the book, who are these people? Are they more entrepreneurs? Are they more voice technologists? Or really is it both? Or 
Um, it's a little bit of both. Um, it's for those who are thinking about possibly entering into the voice startup world. And it's for those who are already working in the startup world um, and maybe broadening their perspective on approach. I think today, too many people are starting at the prototype stage and then fitting conversation and content into what they think a user flow prototype should be. Hmm. Instead of really thinking about what is that one simple thing that I know can be adopted, whatever the solution is. It's the, it's, it's the, it's the hot button that cannot be served in another way, in another medium, as well as voice. Then from that, taking, taking, creating that experience as simple as it is in its core form. And then how do you test that with real users to expand on that idea hmm. so that the next feature ad or the next skill, um, gets identified and the audience then starts to come towards you instead of you chasing audiences. Um, when I launched the first Marvy skill, um, and I've taken down a lot of, of the original because when Alexa went from the version one of the Alexa skills kit to version two, everything broke. Mm. <laughs> um, when I first launched that, I put five, four features in one Alexa skill, which was a mistake, mm. you know, lesson learned because discovery was a challenge. I should have actually done separate skills at that time. I see. So I talk about those type of things where it doesn't matter that I'm going to be using an older adult audience as some, as a lot of the examples, it's about, these are lessons learned. It doesn't matter who you're creating for and whether it's an Alexa skill of Google action, uh, a Bixby capsule, it doesn't matter. Really think through from a strategic approach perspective, from a business perspective, um, how you want to choose, the idea, how you vet the idea, how you how you understand the user story that is the adopter. Because I didn't build Marvy for the older adult population. I actually built a, the very first skill I built for adult children who had fairly healthy, little assisted, older parents or grandparents who lived remotely from them and they just wanted to know they're okay. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to solve a healthcare problem. Um, and we had um, immediate, I mean, we had thousands of users immediately who were willing to pay also. Um, so it's how do you find that audience? You know, how do you measure? I knew what I wanted success to look like. I wanted the, older adult to feel like they had some independence. I wanted the uh, adult, ch adult child to have uh, visibility, which then leads to peace of mind. So my success metric was um, those two hitting those two buttons. My measurement metrics were frequency of use. Cause I wanted people using it every, the older adult using it every day. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted, um, on, on one of the other features, I wanted to see what the session length was. So I was already thinking about 
what does success look like? Okay, now what should the metric be that allows me to measure that? You know, how do I adjust the design based on what the data was telling me? So I w the book really walks through those type of things, which applies to anything in voice, I think. Amazing. And that's my you, opinion. It, it, well, and it's not only your opinion because we just got a comment here uh, from Soundmaster AJ, and he says, "Very cool, keeping family connected. Good story, inspiring." And I mean, Thank I think you. that that pretty that pretty much sums up what I what I feel about this too. Boy, this book. If people, I now hearing you speak about the book, I think people that want to learn, like want to get up to speed yeah. on developing voice can just learn from your five years of experience, one of the most knowledgeable people in the field, and it's all written out for them now. So amazing, amazing, amazing. Thoughts, Ian, hearing that? Well, I could ask a million questions, but I wanna be sensitive to <laughs> our time. Let me, let me ask this. Um, one of the things that you just mentioned is that you document everything. And yeah. so I relate with that. I think that there's different ways of documenting. I already mentioned Matthew McConaughey, about how many podcasts he's been on this last week. So I'll stick with that. He talked about, he basically took 36 years of journaling and that's how he oh, wrote yeah. a recent book. So it's 36 years of journaling everything. Now I journaled when I was younger, I filled up about a half a dozen journals. Um, but I found that I was less authentic through journaling than I was through just videotaping my life. So I've actually videotaped my life and now I've basically capture over a one terabyte of video every single month. I only share like 0.1% of my videos. They're all on hard drives <laughs> in the cloud. Can you talk with me a bit about why you document? Because I relate with the why and how you document, because you may document like I used to through journaling or like I do now through video or have a different approach. I think folks might be interested in how and why you document your life. Oh, that's a great question. Um, and it's evolved. Um, so in my background in emerging tech, um, and I ran product teams, design teams. I spent a lot of time running sales organizations also, um, and emerging tech, you're always talking to clients about what they could possibly do. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, um, 19, 90 and you can get corporate email on a mobile device so the very first time and throughput is eight <laughs> it's really slow and they're like no it's too slow and i was like it's faster than going back to the office so i started from a professional perspective documenting customer comments and back then it was just written um and i you know and i created some of my own tools to to um capture that from a design perspective, you've got all these artifacts. Um, and when I started Marvy, it was really early. Nobody even knew who Alexa was. I remember pitching at the Silicon Valley Boomer Summit and there were, I don't know, 600 people in the audience, a lot of VCs, a lot of, and I think 10 people in the audience knew what an Amazon Echo was back then. Um, so Marvy was really early, um, just from an awareness, from a mass market awareness. And so I took the opportunity to, um, train 
older adults on just how to use a voice assistant. And my secret agenda was to capture user experience data. So when I documented that, that started a huge library of, of video and sound because I used to test and videotape the individual who was testing and learning how to ask what time it was, play music, podcast, whatever. But I also had a separate microphone and I was testing in groups. I was testing the people along the table because mm. I wanted to hear side comments mm. um, because that always told me where a, a voice experience might, off, might go off track or, oh, that's a good idea for a new feature or a separate skill. Um, so I started um, documenting both from a um, journaling perspective, notes, things like that. Um, my design um, is all on paper initially. I design everything by hand initially before I do it on a, you know, on a, on a uh, digital tool. Um, and I also record, I believe you should read every script from the very first iteration out loud because you write for the ear, not for the eyes. Mm -hmm. And I record all of those and I have files from day one to publishing the skill. And that may, and I've got a lot of skills that I didn't publish for a year and I do a lot of private skills. So, um, it's a little bit of a mess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I videotape um, to see body language um, when I do testing for those who aren't involved because the body language you can't see when you're testing it. You're doing automated testing with just the system. But when you have a group or one-on-one, -on -one, their body language tells you, oh, that was the wrong word. I got to look at the vocabulary. Right. Oh, I asked that question and they were offended by it. That's how I learned that the template response that everybody still uses drives me crazy is I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. Oh. Um, you know, you wouldn't think anything of it. Well, you do that with real users um, over a certain age and they're offended because they, they hear that as, are you saying that I'm hard of hearing? Oh. So uh, having those moments um, recorded makes it much easier to remember. Great, great. Um, Heidi, I want to be respectful of your time as well, but we have two questions from some live viewers that just want to bring them. I think they're relatively quick questions. The first one, again, from a Soundmaster is, is it going to be audiobook as well? Um, not initially, but yes, eventually, um, because it has some diagrams. Um, and I talk about a framework that I use um, that's kind of stage of life. Are they active? Are they independent? Are they um, assisted? And then you layer on um, um, generational, you know, or, uh, you know, those type of things. Uh, I ha I'm doing it in print paperback first, mm -hmm. even before Kindle first, because the diagrams don't show up as well on a Kindle device, in my opinion. But audiobook will come, um, just you know, one step at a time. But great question, thank you. I assume you wanted an audiobook. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming so as well. And By here's, the question. <laughs> here's another question, and, and this is definitely something that I want to give you a chance to talk about. And this is from um, Dana, who's been on the uh, on the Voice Den a, a, a number of times. And he says, a link to find the book. Do you know where it is going to be available, how people can get a hold of it? Um, those sorts of things. Yeah, so my website uh, for Marvy is askmarvy.com, A-S-K-M-A-R-V-E-E.com. And there is a page on that website that references the book. Um, in the next week or so, I'll be doing pre-launch, pre-order. Uh, it will be available on Amazon. And, and a note for those who don't know me um, that might be listening. Um, Marvy, the name Marvy, um, came from originally, um, cause that was my mom's name. So I always have to mention that because she would think it was marvelous. <laughs> that, that, that is marvelous. I love, I love that. I love that. That's amazing. Um, wonderful, Heidi. Uh, we're, we're, we're getting more comments coming in and, uh, I want to share these at the same time. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, I'm good. Whatever okay. you'd like to do. I'll just share these yeah. last couple of comments with you here. Uh, Soundmaster again says he was hearing you talk about, you know, some of those, um, idiosyncrasies in terms of the way people react to uh, to those cues. And he says, as you can see, those are very good reactions to know about. The documents wouldn't be able to warn the developers about those kinds of feelings. For example, the hard of hearing reaction. So uh, right in line with, that, with what you were explaining there. Yeah, and let me make a comment there in case sure. to designers. Um, designers create a lot of documentation that gets handed over to the developer, um, whether it's user flows, scripting, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's not just about handing a developer the intent schema. Um, there has to be a handoff of contextual information, of contextual data. So that's, I think that's really important. And that's why, um, as opposed to the mobile world where we used to design mockups, throw it over the wall to the developer, um, everybody needs to be in the room right from the beginning. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Heidi, um, Ian, any, any final comments there? I think um, we'll wrap up here, maybe, unless you've got another question here. I'm not gonna ask a question, but I will just comment. And that is, Heidi, oftentimes, people that make the biggest impact on others in terms of happiness and enthusiasm and joy and bringing light to their life are not often thanked or acknowledged. And both of you, both you as Terry, are two people that do this a lot in, and I believe outside of this industry. And I just wanna be crystal clear in my encouragement to you in the impact that you're making in people's lives and therefore in people's businesses and in all the clients and employees of those businesses. And that most of what you do that is not thanked is still felt. And so that's my final comment is I say on behalf of our community, thank you so much for who you are, what you do, what you say, how you act, the smile that you give. And uh, it is, it's meaningful. And I want you to know that. Thank you. I don't receive, <laughs> that's so kind. I don't receive that um, often well. <laughs> um, that means a lot, especially coming from you. So I really appreciate that's too kind. And I, I believe that um, always kindness matters. So thank you. Thank you. 
and I, th I think what your what it says on your on your uh, shirt there is a is a real sort of testament to to the way that uh, you portray your personality, um, and I think it it all it corresponds nicely with what Ian just said. So I agree I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and again, there's another comment here saying that that was awesome to say, Ian. Beautiful encouragement, and just yeah. awesome. So awesome, Heidi. Where can people go if they want to connect with you, if they want to learn more about what you're doing, if they want to follow along with your journey? Um, where would you send people? Um, I'm active on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is H Culbertson, H C U L B E R T S O N. Um, feel free to connect on LinkedIn. Um, my website for Marvie is askmarvie.com. And then my kind of business coaching voice design um, advisory is at HeidiColbertson.com. So um, I'm always open to having a chat. And, um, you know, this is a wonderful time for voice to have impacts that we can't even see yet. Um, so, Terry, thanks for having me. Ian, um, uh, you're just wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, you, it, we've we've got years, the three of us. So we've been, you know, know talking for do. years. It's true. It's true. It's, it's, it's really remarkable. And there you go. Um, I cut it off there. The interview went on a little bit, and it was more of the outro. But um, you can hear, uh, as we just said at the end there, Heidi, Ian, and I have known each other for a number of years, and it was a lot of fun to catch up with her. I hope you learned a lot from her. I'm really excited about her book coming out, so please make sure that you do check that out. Uh, as usual, I'll have links to things that were mentioned on the show notes page. You can see all of the previous show notes pages uh, at voiceincanada.ca slash podcast. And again, one more reminder, uh, come on over to Clubhouse and uh, follow me over there. I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, D-R-T-E-R-I-F-I-S-H-E-R. And please consider following The Voice Den Club. And uh, we've got lots of really fun surprises in store coming up over the next couple of weeks. So I hope to see you over there. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And uh, I'll talk to you again very, very soon. Take care. And remember, we the voice.